This is Andy, and welcome to the newest season of the podcast. We're so excited to be sharing some incredible behavioral therapy programs for you to learn about. And whether you're just interested in learning and getting educated, or whether you're actually evaluating some programs, this should truly be an interesting, inspirational, educational season. So if you have any questions, feel free, as always, to reach out to me at Andy at We'd really appreciate it if you gave us a good review on Apple Podcasts so it could reach more people. And sit back and enjoy. Hi, this is Andy, and welcome to the newest episode of the Wilderness Therapy and Residential Treatment Journey podcast. Last episode, we spoke with Sheldon Nelson of Crossroads Discovery. He offers outdoor living excursions for teens as an alternative to traditional wilderness therapy. It was really interesting. If you haven't tuned in, I hope you will. When we chose to pursue wilderness therapy and residential treatment with our daughter a few years ago, it was because local therapies were not working. The one hour session once a week with a therapist in conjunction with tutoring and individualized educational programs at school and psych psychiatrist support with anxiety medication just were not enough. If you know me or have been a listener to this podcast, you know I'm a big supporter of both wilderness therapy and residential treatment. They proved to be a great solution for our daughter and our family, and we're proud and pleased to have pursued that route. However, I've always wondered why there aren't some sort of other programs that were in between. Something that didn't require you to send your child across the country for months at a time. Something that was less costly. Something that was tailored. Something that fully engaged parents as well as the children. Well, I'm pleased to say I've discovered such a place. It's called Eternal Strength and it's located in Alpharetta, Georgia, just north of Atlanta. And believe it or not, I am here on site today recording this podcast. So I have a bird's eye view of this amazing place. And let me tell you, it's amazing. So to share some more about Eternal Strength and their programs, I am speaking with its co-founders who are sitting here right in front of me, Wes Robbins and Zach Sweat. Welcome to the show. Andy, that was <laughs> awesome. I did, I did not expect that um, intro and I feel honored. Thank you um, for letting us give you a tour and for coming in and for letting us be on your platform. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Those words, uh, those words were they deeply resonated with me just like hearing that i'm like oh yeah that's what we are cool cool <laughs> you bet so let's jump in yeah so i want to hear your interesting <laughs> backgrounds including how you two met and and got back together i heard a nice story about <laughs> your disagreement as teenagers over a guitar and how you've got <laughs> oh, you back together i already know that story <laughs> but it's entertaining and interesting and talks about how you know, people can overcome obstacles and get back together to do beautiful things. So yeah. wow. I, I'd yeah. love if one of you would share that story or, or both of you share your backgrounds and then okay. one of you share that story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Wes tells it the best. I like <laughs> hearing you tell it. Um, so if we, if we go to, uh, well, maybe maybe I'll do it a little bit in reverse and I'll tell our story and then we can go to backgrounds. However you want. Cool, cool. So um, is, there was an energy when Zach and I met one another and I'll try not to get too emotional, but like, I really, I do believe it was a divine connection and a creative life force when we connected back in sixth grade. So we went to the same middle school, 
sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Cat middle school, Cobb County, shout out. <laughs> and <laughs> something, I just remember the days, like we were listening to these bands um, on the radio in 99X, and we were riding bikes and listening to No Doubt and Sublime. Going to your guitar. Um, guitar lessons guitar with Jack lessons Lange yeah. and <laughs> buying CDs at music stores, but, but the world was wide open. Mm. We were charged with energy. Every day was an adventure. It was childlike wonder. There was creation. There was play. And it was amazing. And I remember I never felt that energy as strongly as I did when I was a youth as I did with this guy. And so we, we cruised together for a long time. I had debilitating anxiety. I want not debilitating, but I had a lot of anxiety. I didn't want to leave my house. Zach couldn't wait to get out of yeah. his house yeah. so is the perfect- well i mean well, let's give a little background <laughs> i had a lovely home situation i'm the youngest of eight so my house is always packed and this dude anyways yeah so it just made it, it sound it really worked, no he had a great family but he was he was ready to go on adventures yeah, yeah, i was a little sure. bit more of a homebody <laughs> so we spent all this time together and then yeah it just it i really feel like it was a um a meant to be separation because it was abrupt and it was silly mm-hmm. and it was over a guitar. And I was like, I was being a punk about it. I was like, don't touch it. Don't look at it. You're a peasant. You don't, you're not deserving of it. It's the most miraculous guitar in the whole world. And so finally he did what any normal human would do. And I was like, I'm going to touch it. Yeah. He played it. And I was like, <laughs> how dare you? And then I went and got on his drum kit, but dude, I remember you made the drum kit out of paint cans before yeah, but you it, could get a drum kit. It was a big box, some Tupperware from your, your mother's cabinets <laughs> and some paint cans. And but you just, finally got a drum kit. I finally kit. got a drum kit after, you know, cutting all that grass. And I got on you it. got on it. It was goofing hard. Words were exchanged. It got heated. And then you, you got, grabbed some guitar polish. You sat down on the couch and you started like getting all my fingerprints off of it. And then words kept being exchanged and I finally picked up that guitar polish and I threw it against that concrete wall and it busted everywhere. And I said, yeah, he get said, out, get out. And that was the last time we spoke for like over 20 years. So and, that, <laughs> and we went to the same high school and didn't even speak. Oh, wow. It was crazy. But then, but but then like Wes said, it was meant to be in that moment. Yeah, because yeah, that timeline on. led us to we each had addiction. We each went through our own radical pilgrimage of youth growth and development. We made, we learned life lessons. We had to have our own dark night of the soul and come into contact with ourselves and what we were doing that wasn't working. And we did that in different ways. Mm. And then when we reconnected two years ago, October, 2019, when we reconnected, I had found him on Instagram. He was living in Hawaii and he was doing coaching mainly for adults, Mm. but it was really um, holistic and integrative. And the stuff he was doing was uh, went beyond coaching. It started to delve into the arena of psychology and the mind and the power of the mind and subconscious programming. Cognitive behavioral therapy, psycho-cybernetics, the study of that, because I had applied all those principles to help me kind of do a 180. And I wanted to teach people how to do that and tap into their truest potential. But my approach was based in what Wes had been doing for years. I didn't know the person-centered, humanistic, relational approach to like deeper psychotherapy. But my coaching was based in that. 
Um, anyways, yeah. Yeah. So, that's, and that's it, and it, wait, so in many ways, he was doing, we, we like to call the blend philosophy mm -hmm. and strategy, whereas I'm very philosophical and existential and will over-examine things to a root. And he is very um, concrete and direct and strategic and Structure, implementing and plan habits. and behavior. <clears throat> and so we started to talk. I was on his podcast. I left his podcast. I came out to the backyard. We were um, renting a home over in Alpharetta. And I said to my wife, my kids were on the swing set. I said, Zach and I are going to do some amazing stuff together. I can feel it. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to be, but our energies are amazing together. And he's on a path that's coinciding with me for a reason. So you're both, you both had your own separate paths. You both had therapy practices in different regards. Mm -hmm. You, you reconnected and you realized that there was a need and that your collaboration could produce something great. Yeah. Now, um, fantastic. So what is it um, that led you to think about eternal strength? And as I talked about in my introduction, mm. kind of a gap in the marketplace when it came to local individualized help that wasn't enough and sending your kid away to wilderness. And I know you, yeah. you've had exposure to wilderness therapy and know a lot of people in the space. And so you, you had knowledge, you both had knowledge of this when you came to your, to wanting to have this yeah. facility here, that's 8,500 feet that has podcast rooms and gyms and sound rooms and guitar rooms and therapy rooms and yeah. outside <laughs> play areas and all the things that, that, you know, that would help, um, provide out outlets for kids while they're getting their therapy. So um, tell, tell me what the, how that inspiration came about. Yeah. It's this guy, man. Yeah. Wes is the visionary behind all of this period. Um, He's seen it for years, man. Yeah, man. And it's, it's funny. And thank you for saying that. But, gotta, you got to name it. Um, Andy, I'll say marketplace, marketplace. <laughs> like I never <laughs> thought about, um, oh, this would be a good business opportunity. I don't think like that. I thought I got frustrated as a mental health clinician being embedded in a mental health industry that was not serving our youth and our families in a way that I felt like was the best. And I watched so many countless kids and families in pain and suffering. And so a culmination of things happened for me. I love these youth. And I could speak to them and I could inspire them and I could hold sacred space. And I honestly don't even feel like it was me. I feel like it was divine grace and God working through me in certain ways, but I could do radical badass shit with these youth and they would be responsive to it. So that was happening in my work uh, with a company called Vive, where I worked with a lot of youth coming back from wilderness, therapeutic boarding school, residential. So I learned all about it. Right. And we know Dave Hurst. Yep. He's old man Dave. Old man Dave. Man. <laughs> he follows yeah. us around. He's great. Uh, <laughs> In spirit. We interviewed him. He's on one of our podcasts awesome. worth okay. checking out. Cool, man, cool. and for anybody out there, Dave, I don't know. Uh, I got off the bus in Colorado, in Boulder, Colorado, to interview with Vive. I got into a fight with my dad the night before about whether I should wear a suit and show my tattoos or not. <laughs> and finally, my dad said, look, you got to trust your gut. I come from the business world. I'd wear a suit. It's what I do. I think that's the best case. 
I said, dad, I'm going to run these new balances, these jeans and a white polo. I'm just going to run it. I got off the bus and Dave said, man, the kids are going to love your tattoos. And I was like, Whoa, God, does that mean I might still be able to get the job, dude? So be who you are. Yes. Yes. And, and that goes as far as to say, don't, you know, uh, get tattoos if it doesn't feel right. right. Don't get, don't be who you are and be a reflection right. of what feels right for you. Don't chase after something that doesn't resonate with your heart. Well, I know I labeled it marketplace, <laughs> but you knew there was a need. Yes. You knew there was demand. Yeah. He yeah. Saw that, yeah. Right. You, yeah. You, well, what so, happened was, and I'll just say this real quick, Andy, what happened was, um, you, I love wilderness therapy. I think there are beautiful and amazing wildernesses, residential treatment centers, therapeutic boarding schools. And I think there are incredible healers in all of those spaces. But I watched a pattern happen where there wasn't a continuum of care that was strong enough. And so, so many youth would go on that journey, come back and still struggle and not have a cohesive treatment team. And so if I really listened to the youth and the families I was serving, they were calling out for more. And I left Vive and I had three different private practice offices and each one grew in square footage and with experiential activities. Finally, to the point that I'd spend a lot of my session talking to kids about, look, man, I got an idea. I think I might be able to get a warehouse flex space at some point. <laughs> Would you like it if I had a space that had a little bit of a workout area, right. had this, and they would help build it. They were dreaming with me to we create a turn testing right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he loves the market. Yeah. I mean, there's well, no other word for it. No, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, a different language. Well, I was I a business guy for a long time. That's cool. Okay. That's, who, that's my piece. And, and who has be, yeah, become I, a parent coach. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. so um, so I want to jump uh, on to the thing where you said some of this programs they weren't strong enough to sustain the kids after they left the program so can you kind of tell me about um what eternal strength's mission is who it serves and also i think part of the strength of your program is it's tailored for each individual kid and their families can you explain that and how it creates more of the strength that you're talking about that might have been missing yeah yeah um, I'll, I'll say that um, I don't think the programs have necessarily failed. I, so I don't think that there's an enemy in, in no, any no, of this. No. But I, I think it's youth are screaming for something different in their therapeutic healing. And if we really begin to listen to that, it's got to go beyond behavior modification. Mm -hmm. So these symptoms that are showing up of anxiety, depression, suicidality, self-harm, substance abuse, many of these things are youth on a radical pilgrimage of growth, trying to find their voice, trying to find identity, trying to make sense of their worldview, trying to express a multitude of emotions that they have internally. And I think beautiful therapeutic work can be done but rarely are any of these programs catering to give them a platform, to give them a voice, to let them be seen and heard fully, as opposed to more of a teaching platform. And it's, we're going to teach you to behavior modify. We're going to teach you to live this way. I think there's, I think the youth can teach us more than we can teach them if we really listen. 
And I think there can be what we like to do here is termed radical youth work, a joining with youth to understand them, to walk alongside them on their journey, to make them feel fully seen and heard, and to empower them to see what they're capable of so they can tune into their true potential. And I believe when that starts to occur, you see a massive decrease in many of the mental health deficits and challenges that they're dealing with. And it's, it's uh, Victor Frankl. If um, with, a, with a large enough will, you can endure anyhow. Um, with a large enough why, what's your purpose and what's your meaning and how can you frame your life in a narrative construct where you're on the hero's journey and you are starting to see everything that's happening as a way to level up and to grow and to expand and to learn. And so I think it's one of the most beautiful journeys ever, that 12 to 25 adolescence, young adult, and we just, we don't want to steer it any one direction. We want to give sacred, honorable space to it and join alongside it um, in a way to move towards growth and health. Wow, that's amazing. What, what you shared was something that I work on a lot with parents because they haven't been fully attuned to their kids to be able to pull that out and appreciate it. They feel like kids are struggling and turning against them or being bad and they're really not bad they're crying yeah. out for help they're trying to find their way yeah right, right? they just yeah. need, they need it's, they need an opportunity to be able to find that and demonstrate it and feel appreciated and a space to learn how to express it appropriately in a way that serves them their family the community that they're in and the thing about our program is we don't have a program we don't believe in having a program we don't believe in like a 12-week workbook that you work through it's that's not the way healing's done right and that's why the kids lead here that's why it's customizable that's why we meet the family where they're at we don't have a one-size-fits-all because that's not the way healing's done right so that's our approach to it and they can stay for as long as they want there's not an end date so you've had you opened right at the beginning of COVID, an interesting time. <laughs> we get, yeah. we didn't guess, mean we to. We got our keys. There like, wasn't by the way, that way. <laughs> right. But, but you had, you started out with 17 kids and you've quickly grown to over 70. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, and, and, um, and, you know, tell us about, um, the facility and what it offers for for the kids and from what i understand you have kids as young as nine years old and you have somebody here who's as old as 28 mm -hmm. so tell us about the range of offerings and what the facility offers and how it's staffed yeah so um we have since we're so person-centered humanistic relational and it's radical youth work we don't even want to put a bracket on age and so again it's anybody that resonates with what we do and could benefit, we will serve. Um, we have a beautiful, beautiful team of healers, coaches, mentors, and clinicians that I feel like have just shown up with this insane synchronicity because they believed in the vision and they've come on board to support it. And I we feel insanely grateful for that. So we have a program director, Morgan, shout out, Morgan, what are you? Our clinical director, Kara Morrissey, is phenomenal. Yeah. I'm very grateful for her. A powerful team of clinicians. 
um, Ashley Beck, Smitty Grider, and then our mentors are, <laughs> I'll go as far as to say the heart and blood of eternal strength, because yeah. something beautiful happens in the mentor relationship that doesn't happen in the clinical therapeutic relationship. And it's, um, it's exactly what it's termed, a therapeutic mentor, a guide, a support, a big brother, a big sister, somebody you can connect with that can align with you, um, somebody you can look up to and want to mirror and mimic and is open enough to share their journey. And I'm so proud of our team of healers and mentors because they're all walking, um, talking the walk, walking the talk. They're doing both. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing their own work holistically. And so man it's just uh amazing and then our building it's um like you described it we have a full music studio we have a full gym we have a video game room we have a little rec area pool table a vibe room um ceramics and then out back we have a rock climbing wall a slack line a fire pit but honestly andy it's uh it's the heart and soul i feel like we could be in a dusty garage somewhere and we would draw the right type of people and the kids would want to come do the work and i feel the other way where it's like man you could have a shit team pardon me for cussing um that Sir. you have all the bells and whistles all the newest and latest greatest an even better music studio a right, better yeah, full yeah, yeah. it's how it's delivered it's how it's done and it's mm -hmm. our people that do the healing work and the youth get a voice in this so they come up <laughs> and they shape these spaces with us. It's not us building eternal strength to serve the youth. It's us co-collaborating to shape eternal strength into a community center that is focused on holistic growth. And that's what's unique as well. I feel like so much of adolescent growth has been divided into mental health treatment and then community and peer support. And I wanted to blur the two a little bit. And so it's even a kid who's not having mental health challenges. That's an eternal strength kid if they want to be, if they need support, if they need community, if they mm -hmm. want to mentor, if they want to excel and tune into their greatest potential, rock and roll. But then if we're working with a youth that's got a level of severity where there are a slew of different mental health challenges and struggles and deficits, right. you have the ability we got the to team to support to it all day. So one of the things that really resonated with me when I spoke with you, Wes, initially was um, how kids want to be here. And, hmm. and um, you know, initially, um, you know, with wilderness or with residential treatment or therapeutic boarding schools, um, it's often against a child's will mm. to do that. And they, they settle in, they realize the benefits of it. It becomes a different path for them and they rehabilitate and get their therapy or do what have you. But tell, tell us about the process of when, how you evaluate a fit for a kid and, and, and the parents when they come and check out this place and meet, meet with you. And what, what, where does the light bulb come on for the, for the, for the, children or young adults who actually, you know, you serve. Yeah. Um, we bribe them. We give them all puppies. <laughs> We're like, look, man, if you come here, we'll give you a little puppy. During the 90 we minutes, you <laughs> will get a puppy when you leave here. Okay. <laughs> no. And I mean, and cause that's the other thing is I think about it too, is honestly, um, that's the thing I'm, we're the most proud of. All these youth want to be up here, man. It warms my soul to a level that I can't even describe and explain. Um, I don't know. 
how exactly it happens, but I know that we're real and we're authentic. And so it's not um, come look at all the cool stuff that, that you can do up here. It's more of we're just we just show our hearts. And so we start with a 90 minute initial. Typically, it you know, it's an expansion of what used to happen in my private practice. I get calls all the times from families and they'd say, look, I got your name. You're supposed to be the guy. I've taken my kid to four other therapists. They're done. They're refusing to go to therapy. I don't think you know what you're up against. I'll try and bring in so and so, but he's not going to talk to you. And then they come to my office and they leave and the parents would call me in tears and go, they want to come back. And it was like super, um, I had so much gratitude and so many blessings. And I call my mom leaving work at night and just go, mom, I think I'm good at what I do. And I think, and it's just happening. And it wasn't trying to get more clients. It was trying to help heal as many youth as I could. And everybody has expanded here and is an extension of that and does it in their own way. And it's the most beautiful thing to watch. It's not people trying to mimic Wes and what I did. It's Erica does her own thing. Ty does his own thing. Emma, Michael, Mike, Andrew. Yeah, all based in the um, same heart space, just that they take their own unique approach to it, the yeah. healing. And it's funky and, and kids awesome can feel it. Yeah, they can, sure. they know, and, and we benefit. So it's like, you should hear the way that we talk about these youth when we have treatment team. Some of the ways that it was talked about in the mental health industry and in the psych hospitals was appalling to me. It was burnt out clinicians talking in a dehumanizing way about human souls that made me disgusted. And so now to watch this team of healers that care about these kids, no matter how frustrating it might get and how difficult and challenging it might be, to watch their bizarre narratives and the ways that they self-defeat and self-harm were just about love and light and empowering them and we support one another. And so um, in that 90 minute, we're just, we show our heart. We put all our cards on the table. We're like, look, if you're a family and you're coming to us to get little Timmy to do A, B, and C, to do better in school, to stop smoking weed and to do this, we're never going to make a behavioral guarantee. And any program that guarantees you a behavioral shift is taking advantage of you. Little Timmy has to decide that he wants to do it. Yes. Mm -hmm. But what we can make a guarantee on is sacred space, bringing our hearts, truth, um, heavy psychoeducation and radical youth work. And I think a lot of beauty starts to happen in that, in the bond and in the relationship and the trust. Nothing's more important than trust. And these kids trust us. And I feel like you could interview any one of these kids and put them on your podcast and they rep eternal strength and tell you their own journey of sure. it and why it was cool, better than I could. They do that. Yeah. So a um, couple of things came out of that. One is uh, you recommended I watch the Pixar movie Soul. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> okay. And I really enjoyed it. You're okay. really promoting that. And it, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Do you, you, if you invest in Disney. Yes. Right. He owns stock in Pixar. There you go. So <laughs> I'm a cook. Well, no, well, it, it's clear you, you very early on found your spark. And yeah. that's what mm. Soul is a lot about. Yeah. And so Kudos to you for having done that to both of you for having found your spark uh, and, and being able to um, enrich others as a result. Um, the other thing that I got out of it is I guess people come to the facility um, on a routine basis. It could be once a week, it could be multiple times a week, but it's, uh, it's, it's outpatient. They don't stay here. 
Right. You don't house people. So how does it work with kids who come here and then go home where the situation isn't as healthy at home, whereas something like wilderness, they're actually away from the stressors and away from those dynamics. How, 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 do, how do those two pieces fit together to make it work? Yeah. You want me to take it? Yeah, dude, you're doing beautiful. <laughs> I'm sitting here just listening and learning. Um, so here's, <laughs> yes, we are outpatient. We don't have a residential component. The mentor piece is really important. So we want the youth to feel like they can reach to their mentor in between sessions, but we got to be careful with that because we, if it is a level of crises where they need more support, we want to let the family know and we want to work with the family to give the best clinical recommendation that we can. And so I think it's a fine line. I so think, you know your you know your swim lane. Yes. And that what I think is beautiful though. You know, you mentioned wilderness therapy and how many of these young people may be adamantly resistant to going to do that deeper work. There's been many youth that I've worked with and have come to the center that we've started to work with, recognize we're not a high enough level of care. And then we have so much trust. We've been able to sit with the youth and encourage them to take this hero's journey and go into a wilderness program and to go take the deep dive and to work with them to get them on board to go do it. And Andy, like we talked on the phone, give me five years, man. You give me five years and I'm gonna have another solution for ways that those things can be done differently and more customizable and more listening to the families and listening to the hearts of what they need and how they need it. I for sure, That's my overarching mission, but for now, I want to know as many wilderness programs as I can. I want to refer to the right ones. I want my clinical team to be well-versed in it. And I want to give the families the resources. And so there may be families that aren't a good fit for us. And even if they reach out and they don't come on board with us, we want to blast them with as much information and resources and get them set up on the journey towards healing. Awesome. So you you, you were thinking of my next question. I think you're a soothsayer, not just, okay. a, <laughs> just a smart, passionate guy. <laughs> I want to understand what's your vision for this program and the facility. Do tell. Because there were, there were things beyond just where you are right now, for which sure. is still great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, to offer to you know to offer uh, as you continue to build. Yeah, this is just a starting point for sure. I think um, I always knew that. So yeah. Zach, why don't you tell us? Yeah, man. What's the vision? Well, the vision, I mean, overall, man, I think I could sum it up in one sentence is to disrupt the industry with a different approach to way mental health is viewed, um, performed, um, approached. Uh, but for us, eternal strength, the vision is to, of course, expand on what we are already doing here. Um, but like Wes said, um, is slowly so our approach now is like it, it models an IOP and a PHP right but uh -huh. it's neither one of those things right so for like the wilderness piece or for even the residential piece eventually our big vision is to do it all under one umbrella but do it differently not have it as structured like the wilderness does or not have it structured like the residential is set up but is to Disru disrupt that part of the industry too you know what i mean i mean west yeah. can probably 
Well, and we yeah, had, we had this talk the other day. Nobody else can yeah. articulate the vision. It's hard but, to. But Zach yeah. is, I couldn't have done any of this without this man. Like what he has brought to listening to me, digesting it, taking it in, and then applying it and help me bring it to fruition mm-hmm. um, has been the most amazing thing ever without his strategic implementation and operations and bringing that vision to life. I'd just be a dreamer. I mean, I would have done some stuff, but yeah, it would have yeah. gotten really funky. It's good, man. And I would have been like, well, you're both, you, you have complementary skills. Yeah. Yes. I've seen and your accountability partners too, right? I've yes. seen yes. his vision. I'm almost, I'm also trying not to like give it all away to, you know what I mean? It's like, there's, well, there's, here's exactly what we're going to do in this year and this year, but like somebody I, will be listening. Be like, oh, really? <laughs> but I've seen Wes's vision. And as soon as I got that super emotional email a couple of years ago, inviting me back to help create this vision, I've been ride or die since that day, man. And so I'm, I've always been Wes's backup, his number two, his, his right-hand man, all that stuff. So in, anything that he has a vision or a dream for, I'm there to back him up and help him implement it and carry it out, bring it into fruition. Yeah. And Andy, I'll say real quick, the vision and the component of it um, that's really, really important to me is it's one thing to be able to come in and do mental health differently. It's one thing to come in and attempt to mix things up a little bit. It's a completely different thing to come in and do radical youth work and disrupt the industry, as Zach has said, in a way what's broken for me is only certain families get access to top tier mental health therapeutic support. I want to change that. I want as That's many- That's because of the cost. Yes. And I want as many youth as possible Mm -hmm. to be able to get access to these services. They can get access to therapeutic services, but because of state systems, um, funding, clinicians that are overworked, burnout, huge caseloads, underpaid. So I plan to create a foundation 501c3 nonprofit separate from eternal strength to begin to utilize that platform to service impoverished and low SES communities in the way that we've been able to do community work here. And I think eventually the youth that we serve here will be a huge component in helping to mentor the other youth that have many less resources and not enough support, and they will heal one another. And I think so much of that has happened in my life with service. When I go help somebody who doesn't have what I have, and I can be of service to them, I benefit what I feel like is more than them. And so I want those youth to feel that. And so there's many plans to grow the nonprofit leg, to have eternal strength expand, like Zach said, and come in and get acreage and do things all under one roof and listen to families and customize everything. And then uh, we got a health conscious lounge we opened up. Oh, yeah. That about that. <laughs> is in historic Roswell. Oh, anti psychiatry. It opened last Saturday. And <laughs> it's a sacred space mm-hmm. that serves botanical distillates and elixirs and different stuff, but it's building community for uh, those in recovery or anybody that is a health conscious individual that wants to be able to go out to a lounge type environment and have health conscious vibes and products and just be able to chill and dreamers and artists and creators what is that called it's It's called anti-psychiatry 
Neat. It's essentially a sober bar, but yeah, we opened that last Saturday. And, nice. and I got to tip my hat to um, anti-psychiatry is a term <laughs> developed in the sixties and seventies, um, mainly by RD Lang, who um, was a radical psychiatrist that it's not against psychiatry, but it is very much opposed to big business taking over the psychiatric industry and moving away from holistic health and humanizing people. I've and seen that. Heal. There's a lot of that. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, we have a lot of listeners in the greater Atlanta area, which is fantastic, but we have a lot of listeners all over the country and all over the world. And some of them may be saying, well, you know, I live in Topeka or I live in Portland or I mm -hmm. live somewhere else. I live in California. Um, it's nice that you have this special little program in Atlanta, but there's nothing like that around me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, what would you recommend for parents who don't have access to this special place uh, in terms of what they could do locally? And would you ever consider expanding beyond your, beyond this geography? Yeah. Um, I'll jump in and I'll say, don't, don't feel like you have to wait as a parent for any program, any clinician, any psychologist, any counselor, any mentor, those are helpful resources, but there is so much that you can do on your own as a parent to empower yourself with education and to authentically try and rebuild relationship with your family and your family system. And so nowadays, I think with technology and what's available, there's incredible resources that can empower you. One of my favorite is Dr. Shafali has written two books, The Conscious Parent and The Awakened Family. Dr. Gabor Mate has done quite a bit of work on addiction, trauma, early childhood development. I think you can empower yourself with podcasts, with consuming material, with reading books. Getting a parent coach. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, don't Getting don't a just gather coach. a bunch of them. Ed educate yourself, self-educate. Just don't gather a bunch of information. Be a student. And, th and that's what it comes back to. And Andy, you mentioned getting a parent coach. It's like, do your own work. Mm, right. Don't wait for something to heal your kid. Get the resources, do the research. But the entire time, do your own work. Carl Jung says a child's biggest disservice is a parent's unlived dreams. And it's and, and kids can feel that. Go find your connection with soul and spirit and, and get right with yourself and work on your own mental health. And find your own community. Yes. Right. So you can have your own support. Yes. Terrific. So we're going to wrap up now. This is fantastic. I, I'd like to ask where people can find out more about eternal strength. Yep. So eternalstrengthatl.com is the website. And then our Instagram is. Yes, eternalstrengthatl, same. And um, then um, uh, you can find us on Facebook under Eternal Strength. We got a TikTok yeah. at Eternal Strength. It's mainly my daughter. It's mainly just uh, Wes and his kids. <laughs> you but it's are, good. You guys are hip. <laughs> and we have a podcast uh, called Eternal Strength Pirate Radio on Spotify. We also have a YouTube channel, Eternal Strength. But if you go to the website, yeah. all those links are up at yeah, the yeah, bottom of the sure. website. So eternalstrengthatl.com. Mm -hmm. Go to the bottom of the page and you'll see a link tree to every single one of our social medias. And then please... Any don't even if you're not interested in working at the center, but you have questions about mental health, mental health resources, youth, adolescents, anything you need, you can email Morgan Carter and she will get that email to me um, and we'll 
provide you whatever resources we can. Excellent. Thanks so much, Wes and Zach. It's been great talking to you and learning so much. Sure. Thank you, Andy. And doing awesome. it in person. It's a first. Yes, and Andy's got the coolest retro microphone that I've ever seen in my That's entire cool. life. <laughs> and a cool owl tattoo. Yes, heck yeah. yeah. We're we owl like owls. Owl tattoo brothers, man. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for listening and supporting this podcast. And as always, parents, remember to take care of your children and empower yourself with information at Parents Journey.